fantasy football has become a major reality for millions of fans. Makes him off to the 30. He's gone. He's gone. What a move. It takes skill to win your fantasy championship, separating the zeros. He goes to the near side, and it's picked off. Intercepted. From the fantasy heroes. Down the middle, it's caught over the shoulder in the end zone. Buckle up your chin strap for the fantasy fix. Always a pleasure to spotlight fantasy football with Michael Harmon from SwollenDome.com. Mike, let's start with Monday Night Football. A lot of Redskins fans were losing their minds as Josh Doxson was unable to hang on to what could have been a game-winning touchdown. We know about his history of injuries early on in his run in the NFL. What's the fantasy outlook moving forward? We all ship him, stick him, and hope that uh, that fixes things going forward. No, that's tough. I mean, that's a crunch time target and you know as we do all our our prognostication and look in the analysis you know you're only hoping to see uh, another you know notch in the red zone target and and certainly had the opportunity here uh, I, I think you'll see more of that but short term just too inconsistent a play for a guy to find his way into the starting lineup on your fantasy squad but certainly those targets are something you hold in the back of your head that that maybe Kirk Cousins goes back tries to reestablish that trust. You think of the Minnesota Vikings, you think of a team that has potential to be really good in that division, but constantly keep having injuries after injuries, whether it's the coaching staff or players. Dalvin Cook is done for the year. How do you replace him? Is it Latavius Murray? Is he the guy? First, I may have cried a little bit. I may be honest. Good cleansing uh, and, cry, and, Mike. And that could be helpful. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, it, it takes out, you know, a guy that you, you thought you'd gotten yourself a, a fantasy gem where you would have been able to draft him uh, if you had the guts to go do it and look like he was going to be that breakout sensation. Instead, we go to Murray, the guy they had signed, and then he had promptly had ankle surgery. Uh, so now you're, you're looking at his history and trying to figure out exactly where he's at. And, and all you can hope for is touches, at least short term. Uh, that's where they have to go. So we, we know on the waiver wire that'll be a popular pickup. Uh, people that were really slow and I think mostly slept on Alvin Kamara. Uh, he's going to be the waiver wire darling for this week after the London Showcase game and you know the at the end of the Adrian Peterson run there. Um, you know, Murray was once a 1,000-yard rusher in 2015. Uh, not that he was dominant in any way stretch, uh, way of the stretch of the imagination, but you're looking at a guy that as long as he's getting 15 touches a game uh, at least gives you that fantasy vibe ability. We'll see uh, how he's able to respond. Uh, the one thing that you're hoping is that in 2015, he also caught 41 passes. So if he's used in the passing game, perhaps uh, you get a little bit of a jailbreak with the downfield weapons that they have in the passing game. Mike, I'm proud to say we've been friends for many years. You know I'm in touch with my emotions. If I had to venture a guess, the last time you actually cried, beyond maybe a family situation, Hulk Hogan turns heel and goes Hollywood Hogan. That broke your heart, didn't it? Well, you know what? I, I was on board the, the my dark side at that point, so I, I really <laughs> embraced the inner villainy, especially spray painting uh, your vanquished opponent. There, there had a little extra flair to that. Uh, I, I'd say from the, the wrestling side of things it is when I could no longer count on the Iron Sheik to be on the main card. Oh, my God. Well, that goes back to when he did Hogan a solid, as you know, and, and, and gave him the belt, but we're destroying the That's show. You know, what what other fantasy questions? Ago, I've been carrying that for years. <laughs> yeah, Bob Acklin's going to join us in the final hour. What other fantasy 
fantasy <laughs> questions do you have today? Sorry about that, brother. But if Car- <laughs> if Chris Carson is out for a long time, which Seahawks running back is the replacement there? Is it Lacey, Rawls, or Procise? We're going to bring out our Dungeons and Dragon 20-sided die and roll and see what Pete Carroll is going to do for us here. Uh, I, I think Thomas Rolls is going to get the, the first shot. Procise obviously coming back uh, this week. He's virtually unowned in leagues right now based on uh, the, what's gone on the first month of the year. So there's their waiver wire roll of the dice uh, pickup option for you. But I think Rawls will get the first shot. Lacey with a few carries perhaps work him into the short yardage. But uh, behind that offensive line, I, I don't know that there's, we're banking on grand success from any of them. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber. The Fantasy Fix being provided by Michael Harmon from SwollenDome.com. Mike Cordell already mentioned Minnesota, so let me get you to the other side of the Monday night matchup in Chicago. Your Bears featuring the starting debut of Mitchell Trubisky. Any reason to own him yet? Well, I I think it's one of those you can stash, especially most leagues now. Anybody that's actually starting uh, is stashed on a roster. But, you know, given the fact that this offense is predicated on the two running back system, you're going to see a lot of two-stepping. So we're going to see how proficient he is uh, handing the ball off here, I think, uh, against this Minnesota front uh, on Monday night. you got Zach Miller and still trying to figure out exactly who in the passing game can step up. Kendall Wright's had a number of targets. You see a little of Deontay Thompson, but not enough to where there's any consistency Bellamy going on down the line. So rosterable uh, just for playing defensive purposes because there will be one or two weak slots uh, on the schedule that come up and maybe in the two QB leagues that that you give them a shot, but certainly not a, a start out of the gate. Very curious to watch exactly how this plays out Monday. Deshaun Watson has pretty much taken the league by storm having his opportunity to start, especially the last couple weeks of really doing a phenomenal job. But is he a must start at this point in the season after his huge last couple weeks? Yeah, we'll watch him this week. Uh, a nice showcase game Sunday night with Kansas City coming off of their big win and obviously uh, the extra eight points for the fantasy defense uh, of the Chiefs that nobody expected on that final play. Uh, but you look at what Watson's been able to do in the air. Uh, you get Will Fuller, the fifth. Got to remember to add that Will Fuller, the fifth back. So you have that speedster down the middle of the field. Uh, and also making plays with his legs. I think that's one of the things for fantasy purposes. Uh, it's a nice bonus. You're looking at eight points. Points this week, uh, 13 three weeks ago, uh, when that game against Cincinnati wasn't a dominant passing performance, but gave you the 67 yards and a score, and then 41 yards to go along with all the dominance uh, against the New England Patriots. So you're looking at big time numbers in the rushing game that are also putting you over the top. So this week, top 10 quarterback, even against Kansas City, looking to make plays with his legs. And, you know, it's been fun to watch him roll out by time and still have the laser down the field. Talking fantasy football with Michael Harmon, SwollenDome.com. Mike Cordell loves it when I use the word aberration. We can go with anomaly, outlier. What do we make of what Cam Newton did on Sunday? Is there an asterisk based on the fact he did it against a lousy New England defense? That's exactly, at least for the moment, what we're going to call it. I want to see him do it again. Much stiffer test this week against the turnover-causing, uh, wreaking havoc, Detroit Lions on the road 
against New England. That's now become one of those defenses that you're saying, you know what, I'll roll it up, whoever I got. So this week, Jameis Winston, it's your time to shine and at least take aim at a back seven that's having trouble communicating and getting into position. So for Cam Newton, uh, I think the most encouraging thing was the willingness to to put his body on the line and run again. He'd done it in, in spots the first couple of weeks, but usually just safe, get a couple yards and get down here. He was he was running in the open field and, and, and getting back to some of the cam that we'd seen. Uh, but you're not going to find wide receivers quite so open uh, on a week-to-week basis. So I, I want to see what he can do against Slay uh, and that Detroit secondary before I'll declare him back. Mike, how does the value of the Bears players change, whether it's at the running back position, receiver position, uh, with Mitchell Trubisky at the starting quarterback position? Well, you know what's tough about you know watching the, some of the the narrative that's been built here is Glennon wasn't great, but remember there are a couple of drop passes from beating Atlanta in Week One. Right. Not that everything then falls the same, but you know much different conversation and probably a different decision along the way. I, I think when you look at Jordan Howard, you know his upside is limited only by the fact that he's turning one shoulder into the line of scrimmage uh, as he's running the football, which is a very strange way to run. Uh, but you've got him and, and Tariq Cohen will probably remain uh, a big part of the passing game. If nothing else, maybe his targets tick up a little bit. Zach Miller uh, becomes a must-own guy, right? The tight end being the young quarterback's best friend. Uh, and, you know, maybe we'll have a little sitcom based on, on their relationship as we go forward. But the rest of the wide receivers, it remains to be seen. You know, you look at those third and fourth guys that were probably working with him. I think Bellamy is the guy to hang a star on uh, and wait and see how many targets he starts getting, right? The familiarity that they had in training camp and then working second unit the last couple of weeks. So we'll see how that breaks out. But for now, it's, it's a wait and see. Michael, great information as always. As we say goodbye, if I can come up with the nexus of wrestling and the National Football League, What was a tougher moment to watch? Steve Mongo McMichael becoming a member of the Four Horsemen or the Fridge showing up at WrestleMania? I would have to say the Fridge at WrestleMania. Yeah, it was tough. You know, he he was too embracing of the sideshow narrative because the guy was a pretty pretty good football player in between the lines and unfortunately there you know he just became a a full comedic farce with steve mcmichael he could at least talk the game he might not have belonged in the four horsemen with those legends but his partying ways and rattlesnake hunting uh, were the things of legend so he at least fit the bravado profile thank you for breaking it down i didn't think you'd be that thoughtful there but that's why you're the most versatile (laughs) fantasy analyst that we know thank you michael peace and love i'll see you next week been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.